Uh, this is the podcast, One Million Breaths. Uh, today is Monday, April the 6th, 2020. How are you doing today, Will? I'm good, Chad. How are you? I'm doing great. We've, what have we been up to? Well, we've been organizing with volunteers, getting more fabric, trying to figure out how we're going to save the city. We need in a small yeah. Fashion. There's a lot. There's a lot yeah. to, to save a city. It seems more than one would have expected. Have you uh, watched any of the mayor's press conferences in the morning? No, I haven't. Have I been missing out? Oh yeah, it was great today. They had the the president of Meharry Medical College on there, and he was talking about. Um, you know, how to wear a mask, how to make one out of a T-shirt that you have in your closet. And he uh, was showing, he put one on and he's all like, he was trying to say through the mask, he was trying to say something you couldn't quite tell. And he pulled the mask down. And he says, what I was trying to say is these masks give you Vulcan ears. And so he he's done. He steps down and the next guy up to the mic goes, Live long and prosper. And I just thought, oh, all my Trekkie friends are going to eat this up. I've never really watched Star Trek. I'm not going to lie. But I, I do enjoy that humor. I mean, if I know, if I get it, live long and prosper is an awesome, like, saying. It could be a, a mantra for the whole COVID-19 crisis. Exactly. Yeah. And, and then, it, you don't shake hands. You just... Do the Vulcan hand gesture. Well, and Vulcan ears are like kind of sexy. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Maybe, are... maybe you should be going to the the sci-fi cons where <laughs> all the Trekkie, the what, lady Trekkies are. Weren't you? Weren't we just talking about the potential of a company like Victoria's Secret producing masks? Yeah, um, there's a few people that have been creating masks. Companies, I heard that uh, Fanatics is working with the Major League Baseball and they're making masks out of Yankee uniforms and other teams. And just imagine, you know, what if Victoria's Secret decided to do the same thing and they're turning these some of the lingerie into masks? <laughs> I've seen a couple memes like that where it's like a, somebody's using a brawl. Yeah, well, the, today... That shit got real for me because my aunt sends me a picture of her saying, look, I made one out of my bra. And I thought to myself, I'm like, "Is does she not realize that I'm her nephew and she's <laughs> sending me a picture of her with her bra on her face? <laughs> uh, you got to love family, though. I, I hope they all survive this. Yeah, I, I've actually had two two family members now, both on my mom's side. My grandpa and his brother got it. And my grandpa, I guess, is doing pretty well. My uncle was, like, on a ventilator. My grandpa was as sick as he says he's probably ever been this past weekend. I didn't know it until today. Yeah. And I guess he's doing okay. It's scary because, if I'm not mistaken, there's, like, a a 10-day or a two-week like a process and and at the end uh, a lot of times folks will get better and then they'll 
it'll get it'll get them. Yeah. My dad was acting like he thought he had it last week. He said he's just been in the bed. Uh, it's freaked me, freaky. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough. I haven't heard of anybody in my family. My uncle, I I kind of joked about it. Not not the one. He's not the uncle that's married to the the aunt that makes the brazier masks and sends pictures to her nephew, but. <laughs> He was a warden of a couple correctional facilities in Colorado until this January of 2020. He uh, retired from both of them, I guess in perfect timing, because I would not want to be a warden of a correctional facility while this crisis is going on and they're having to, you know, decide what to do with these prisoners and how to, you know, have them isolate and practice social distancing. Imagine if you had a prison and, you know, four guys are in a cell together. Like, how's that going to work? Oh, man, you know what? I never, I've always, I've thought about when I've been hearing about correctional facilities in uh, New York and the ones here in Nashville, getting them out of there. But it didn't even occur to me that they, they share cells. So you are, I mean, I knew it was close proximity, but if you're, oh, man. I mean, they're showers, too. I mean, they've got to shower those guys, and it's like, I wonder how many people they have to shower at one time. They just, I mean. It's just a scary situation. Ideally, you would be able to just sanitize everything all what, the what's, time. What's that old joke about going to prison? Don't. So don't don't pick up the soap if somebody drops it. It's even got a double, a dual meaning right now because don't pick that soap up. You don't know if the guy that dropped it had COVID nineteen. Chad, you are so good at podcasting. <laughs> Seriously, you're just getting better. Uh, that was one of the funniest jokes. I don't know why I didn't laugh because it's scary too. At the same time, I know it's like, can I laugh about that? I don't. I don't. That's shoot. <laughs> Yeah, that's, I don't know what's worse, COVID-19 or that. It's, it's They're both pretty bad. I think COVID-19 might be worse. Yeah. It You know, so you've got the news pulled up. Yeah. Um, what were you saying about there having been a thousand fewer cases or something like that recently? Yeah, they said over the weekend... They had a decline of the number of cases. So, so is that like that every day there had been a, a couple thousand new cases and then there just so happened to be a thousand fewer? Or what was it just people had gotten better, the thousand that had had it before? Yeah, or I don't know. Maybe it's because it's Sunday and the testing center had been closed for a couple days. So, I mean, I'm interested to see what the numbers are tonight because I think that's what's going to tell the true story of how many people came in on Monday to get tested after the weekend. Mm. I hope it goes away. I don't know if it's worth hoping for it to go away. You know, how do you feel about when people say, like especially politicians, right, like hopes and prayers, like there's a school shooting and they're like praying for Orlando, you know, uh, and then, the, you know, you, I'm sure you're familiar with the folks who go like, your prayers don't do anything. 
how about you pass a bill to like require background checks for gun purchase? Have you, you know what I'm talking about? That makes sense? Yeah. I feel like, I'm not going to lie. I feel like they have, like when you're, when you're, when someone in your family <laughs> gets it or something, you know, and you're like states away. I personally hope that prayers have an effect. You know, I mean, I basically try to pray for people I know and love. And I feel like, I don't know. I don't know why I got all, try to get all uh, metaphysical over here in the One Million Breath podcast, but it's weird to think that, and I think you, you get it. I mean, we talk about crazy metaphysical kind of stuff pretty frequently. I guess it's fascinating to me. I'm not going to lie. So I guess right now we're up to, um, according to the News Channel 5 website, we're up to 3,802 confirmed cases, 65 deaths reported in the state of Tennessee. All right. Now I'm wondering if we're still on that path upward. I mean, does it say what there was Friday? Uh, and was yeah. that 3D printing in that ad? Were they 3D printing toilet paper? <laughs> that's a good idea. That Yeah, that might be a good idea. Oof. I don't know how that stuff would feel, though. No, no, it would be <laughs> a purely aesthetic, <laughs> non-functioning. But it would be funny. Yeah. Just to like put on Instagram. I mean, I wonder if anybody's going to be using their masks as toilet paper after they oh wear them. Oh, my goodness. That would be a heck of a way to celebrate the end of this thing. I don't know if I would do it, though, because these things seem pretty important now. Yeah. Probably going to keep mine forever just to remember. Like That's, that's the I guess, the thing that everybody's been touched on spiritually is that possibility that it will be I mean, it's going to be something we always remember. I'm looking at one of these old, I don't know what the proper term, some people call them Gilligan hats. Is that the face shield? It's got a face shield attached to it. It's like a Gilligan hat. It's like the one you sent me with the trucker hat? Yeah. Looks like they're making caps and hats with face shields attached to them. That's actually a good idea. So, I mean... Should I look up? Maybe the maybe all the teams should start selling them. You know, you could get your Tennessee Titans face shield. That might in, encourage the uh, recommencing of our sporting events. Yeah, you can you can show your team pride as well as protect your life at the same time. All right. Do you think there's an app out for COVID nineteen? There's got to be. Uh, there's probably. A, a few thousand by now. I'm surprised that, uh, like a self-diagnosis. I'll tell you what I'm surprised by. My brother told me that he was maybe getting a new job with this company called Quibi. Yeah. A few months ago, and he seemed pretty sad when he didn't get the job. But I'm surprised at how many of their ads I see now are all up on my YouTube, everywhere. They're advertising the heck out of themselves. Man, they say, Boris, there's a little photograph on the 
related story, Boris Johnson moved to the ICU as COVID-19 symptoms worsened. Yeah, he was one of those ones who like, he's at the end of that 10-day high risk, like going through all the stuff. I mean, the, I know. But what if, what if, I mean, how, okay, this is Chadwick. I don't know if you want to entertain this, but to me, like, I don't know if he's actually sick. You have to trust the news. I, there's a part of me that is skeptical of the, the validity of that story. Like, he, if you could, do you get what I'm saying? I'm getting conspiratorial over here. Yeah. I mean. Well, look at this. This is like the sto- the news story channel, News Channel 5 investigates new model predicts dramatic COVID-19 flattening in Tennessee. Good. See, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. But so from what we've seen in New York City, I don't know, maybe it's the Southern cooking. There's something about it that's curing people. I, you know. I don't know what we're doing different than New York City. Maybe it's because we're a bit spread out and it's not everybody on top of each other. Right. But it's saying that they're right now, as a, by April 15th, they're saying all beds available will be 7,812. And it says all beds needed will be 1,232. Good. ICU beds available... 629 ICU beds needed is projected is 245 and it's saying the amount of invasive ventilators needed they're projecting 208 I mean that's pretty how many ICU beds available 629 well I guess the problem is that there's two there's there's a actual problem, and then there's a problem that hopefully we have solved. And the solved one is that we, like, isolated, right? We may very well have successfully flattened the curve. The The problem that exists yet is the risk we run of having anybody exposed to it from here on out. So I guess, the, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that like, part of the problem seems to be that a lot of the medical facilities have had to empty out because they don't want anyone getting, because, you know, they're going to have people coming in to be treated for COVID. They don't want anybody who's in there for, you know, cancer or whatever to get it. So it's just, I mean, hopefully those numbers stay, stay true and hold true. I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. So, apparently, Mayor John Cooper just tweeted, looking for some safe and family-friendly Easter celebration ideas? Metro is here to help. Activity number one. You can turn your house into a scavenger hunt by creating clues from room to room. Hashtag safer at home. I wonder if people are going to still be, you know... Dying Easter eggs and hiding them through the house. Heck yeah. Dude, you ever die Easter eggs? Oh, yeah. That stuff is fun. Yeah, I Every time I smell vinegar, it just takes me back to my childhood days of making eggs. So, 
All right, hold up. You know what the best thing about dyeing the eggs is, though? I got to add this before we go on. <laughs> what? Is get, getting to eat the deviled eggs. Yes. Holy smokes. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. So weren't you hoping to interview somebody tonight? Yeah, actually, uh, I, we were supposed to interview Marshall. He works over at the Pennington Distillery. And right now they're making uh, hand sanitizer. Like so, like heroes, like badasses. Yes. Which uh, I've I've come to find out that there's actually a lot of uh, distilleries, not just here in Nashville, but all over the place, all throughout the South. There's a lot of whiskey distilleries, and they're all switching over and doing hand sanitizer. I actually read a story. Um, there's a guy, I, I'd like to say he's in Colombia, but he's, uh, his business is making fog juice for fog machines, like for live music events, for concerts, for like theater events on Broadway. Not, not like nature. No, not nature. So, but he, yeah, he's he's the one that makes that smoke that when you go and you go to a concert or a rave and you see all them thick clouds of fake smoke, that's what he makes. Well, apparently the number one ingredient is glycerin. Ah. So he's got all this glycerin on his hands, so he's making hand sanitizer too. That is so cool. Yeah. He would be cool to interview and get his take on the whole experience. Yeah. And maybe he's got some stories. I just, you know, this is the thing that I'm thinking. It's like all this hand sanitizer is being made. Because I know how much whiskey gets produced a day, you know, on this planet. A lot of whiskey. <laughs> so what I'm wondering is if all this hand sanitizer is being made, Where's it all going? Like, is it going to make its way into the stores so we can get our hands on it? Because I don't know if you've tried to buy a hand sanitizer in the last month, but it's harder to come by than toilet paper. No, man, that stuff's going straight to the hospitals. Yeah. That's where I'd be sending it. Well, I would think there would be a soap shortage because isn't soap more effective in fighting the germs than hand sanitizer? Honestly, I think that, for one thing, there's probably more soap than we have hand sanitizer. Secondly, people freaked out. We have freaked ourselves out about the, I mean, the, the toilet paper was the obvious freak out uh, them, the example, but do you have the tag of your headphones on there still? That's what that is. That? Yeah, that's what that is. The hand, and too so lazy to take it off. That's the tag from the pawn shop. It's like that my, I my Merle, what's her name? Pearl. Merle, uh, oh, Mini Pearl. Mini Pearl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing is, people are probably hoarding that stuff, man. You know. Yeah. People are probably hoarding. They don't need it necessarily, but they bought it just in case. Yeah. So, so, so you got yourself another potential interviewee. You've got. Some hopeful news about the number. I mean, regarding the numbers, I would, you know, I would really like to have had like a time lapse of the testing center down the way. Yeah. And I didn't, I don't drive by it 
that often during the day. But. I I kind of think that there's something about the HIPAA laws that definitely don't allow you to videotape or. Well, not take. to get people's, just to see the the fluctuation in the activity levels there, because it it's been. I don't want to use the word dead. Uh, it's been optimistically so dead, like not that busy. It's it's good to see that they're, it's either bad or good. It could be bad if people aren't getting tested and they should be, but it seems good if people don't. You know, I was expecting that place to just be jam packed and like. Yeah, I know it. It looks like. Uh, it. I think like for weeks it was like you're looking at tents being set up out there and. You see the cops set up out there yeah. and all the cones, and they're constantly securing, like, you know, just. But the, the, I'll tell you what, though, the first Monday, that thing was packed. There was more people there than that were, that you would ever see at a Tennessee Titans tailgate party. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> that place full. What, who else? Did you interview somebody else today? Yeah, I did an interview with Jenna. We're going to put that on the show. Here in a minute, so you guys can hear. I interviewed Jenna. She's running the the sewing project where we're sewing face masks for all the first responders that we can provide them for. Dude, she is another super badass hero. Yeah, she was, and she was nervous about the podcast. But I'll tell you what, she was a champion. She sat there and did the interview, and just like it was on cruise control. So yeah, she's she's definitely a hero in my book too. What else you want to talk about before you play that interview? Um, trying to see if there's anything newsworthy besides how to have Easter egg hunts with your children and while you're on lockdown. Did you see the video Easter. of the security or the uh, Surgeon General making that mask? I have not seen that yet. Oh man, that's some classic classic. Uh, I'll, I'll probably content. watch that. I'm sure that's going to be on Nightline tonight. I'm trying to remember what. If he, it's not on Nightline, it's going to be on Jimmy Kimmel. He live. did. He did a couple things. Firstly, remember, wasn't I bitching about him if, like two weeks a week ago? Like how I, I didn't know he even existed until a month ago. Yeah. And we looked up, and he's like, I think he's been the Surgeon General for like three years. Yeah. But. uh he there's a couple of things I think worth noting if you care to hear my opinion on the matter. He used a some fabric that had a brand of like I think it was a drug to I guess treat overdoses in opium. Oh really? Or something like that. It was some some I think something that's controversial. I wonder that, if that was a paid placement. Well, it very well Probably, I mean, I would guess that it was, but I'd also have to think that because like, there is some con if it's what if it's what I understand it to be the situation. I mean, the idea to to me is that cops can carry this stuff around, and if they come up on somebody ODing, they can like save their lives. But there's some controversy about that. I guess maybe I'm hoping that that was like his little social justice uh, action in 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 the year of 2020 having never heard of him before maybe he comes up because the other thing that i think is noteworthy is that you know as of this weekend he's out here showing you how to make a mask with rubber bands and stuff to put around your ears but two weeks ago 
he's out there saying that people don't need to be wearing masks. And like, it's not a big deal. And a month ago, the president's calling it a hoax and whatever. I mean, it's just interesting to see the turn for all of a sudden. Well, I think definitely when the news started coming out of China that, uh, that the reason why they were able to flatten their curve over there was when everybody was wearing masks and everybody was forced to stay inside. I mean, I think they finally figured out like, hey, we need to do some investigations because, you know, I would like to know like the people that work for who and, you know, like how long, how long have they been at that job how were they appointed? How long have they been working there? Right. You know, maybe those are questions I don't want to ask. No, maybe that's some stuff I'll bring in for the next podcast if you if you really do want to know because that interests me too. All that. I mean, did you see, wasn't there the big, uh, not the, okay, so I believe it was a HWO uh, official being interviewed by, I don't know who it was, but I think the interviewer asked the guy about Taiwan, which if if you probably know this, there's the there's the attempt on China's part to deny the existence of Taiwan and Hong Kong. Yeah, they want to own it, and they don't call it that; they just call it something else, and they consider it part of China. But this guy asked; he's interviewing an HWO official. And he brings it up, and the guy, and the, have you seen it? You know what I'm talking about? No, he, I haven't. He seen it. he goes like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I can't hear you." And he's like, "I asked him." But he's like, "Let's go to the next question." And then he's like, "Oh, my disconnection." Bam! He just like ends the ends the call, the video call interview. Yeah. Because he was asking him about uh, that that part of China, but man, I mean, every time I think about the job they did over there and hoping, I mean, I hope that it is pretty much taken care of. It seems like things are getting back to normal and there, I mean, I've heard rumors that they're still dealing with it and I'm sure they are, but they flattened the curve, but they also apparently like welded people into their homes. Like they welded their doors shut and we're like, yeah, I mean, I, I hopefully that didn't like nobody, Nobody like starved to death in their homes when they got stuck in them, but yeah, they uh, they put they laid down the authoritarian hammer. Yeah, uh, which we luckily haven't seemed to have to do here. Weren't you just saying something about getting fifty dollar tickets in businesses though? Yeah, I mean, there. If you okay, so apparently some of the crafting stores, which we talked about on the last podcast, was. That people, you know, still need to do crafting. Well, apparently they decided to go and shut down Hobby Lobby and Michael's because they still had their doors open and they were allowing people to come in and buy crafts. Um, but I guess from what I saw, they're now just taking orders at the door. You can't, you have to pay via credit card and you can't, it's... I they, like. They can't I even like, open their dude, registers. I have stopped going into Kroger because I just it just makes me stressed out and anxious. All the people, I feel like people are always just wandering around and getting in my way, and like I only want 
three things like bread and cheese and beans or something and I got to walk through the gigantic store and wait and if it wow I just go to the Mexican grocery okay. store by my house but you can now I guess this has been possible for a while just order your stuff online they drop it off to you that's the way to do it that's what I did with Home Depot yesterday it was sweet you don't know her do you no, I do not know her. Apparently, this lady, her name's Margaret. Yo, whoa! Ho, how do you know it's really her? Uh, I guess. Uh, Is that video of her doing it or something? That's video of her in the cop car. Well, how did? Apparently, okay. So the story says, according to TMZ, Margaret Serco has been charged with felony counts of terrorist threats. Mm. Threats to use a biological agent mm. and criminal mischief for intentionally coughing on produce at a grocery Jesus. store. So that is not good. That's like public execution kind of behavior right there. I heard that the, there was a man that did this here in Tennessee, but they definitely didn't. I mean, are, do you think she was just like joking around? She well, just thought it was funny. Well, there was a guy that apparently coughed in a grocery store. I think it was here, and he told people that he had COVID nineteen that he had tested positive. Mm. But I hadn't heard any more from that story. But this is over in Pennsylvania, and apparently they. Uh, she was also charged with misdemeanor counts of criminal attempt to commit retail theft and disorderly conduct. Conduct. All right. So here's my here's my theory. Right off the cuff here. Straight off the top of the deck. This woman's got mental problems. Oh, wait. So, wait. Hold on. The story gets better. After all that of spitting on the produce. Yeah. And. Oh, my goodness. She this. then tries. <laughs> if that wasn't bad enough, after she got in trouble for that, she then tried to steal a 12-pack of beer from the See, store. See, that's what I'm telling you, that before woman. Before being ordered to leave. Her, her bail is set set at 50 grand. She's got some, she's dealing with some stuff, dude. And, she, they, and they say the grocery store threw away all the produce. Yeah. And the employees were forced to clean and disinfect yep. everything. Forced? Like, do they really got to force them to? I mean. Yeah, well, she's the one. They got to clean up an area. Some woman was just coughing around, talking about giving everybody the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. I mean, this is. I, I just would think, you know, people, they should have the safety equipment to clean the area. Right. I mean, from what I've heard, you know, some of the stores that had outbreaks here they've actually had professional cleaners come in and clean so that way they're not faced with the liability of having their own employees do it you know what that reminds me of that woman margaret thatcher or whatever her name was it's like um you know okay all right this is this is heavy man this is something that i always want to talk about in podcasts and try to get to the bottom of and try to deal with in our society and with our within our communities depression and mass acts of violence like you haven't heard there luckily it's weird that it takes craziness like this to settle things down but when was the last time you heard about a mass shooting um it's been some time but which is you good, know right? but they say that one happens like what every well on average so yeah. many 
on average so many hours so it's like but no one's taken a gun into a, a church recently and shot a bunch of folks or a school there ain't been no schools open to do it to well yeah but i mean there's churches aren't allowed to be open so there's no targets for them the, to attack if, if you're dealing with some stuff if you hate your life if you're out of money if you lost your job if you're ex-spouse don't want to talk to you and you're just miserable and you can't get any attention on social media and, and you can't go shoot a place up, you can still go to the grocery store and cough on a bunch of stuff. And then you get taken to where you'll probably be fed, probably be housed, probably meet some people you can hang out with. You'll probably get drugs if you need them medical assistance if you need it jail man there's homeless people to go to jail just for the food right yeah that's what i've heard yeah dude that sounds like that woman she's she's that sounds like it reminds me of the of folks when you like what why what would any what would ever drive somebody to shoot people in a public place like a church or a concert or a school it's it's this mania that woman has it and and that dude has it people they still have the mania where they gotta go out and risk their lives do something really stupid and damaging to society that uh that's probably going to continue to i mean it's definitely going to continue to be a problem But the grocery store thing, it's not, I mean, I saw a video of a guy walking up to another, another dude in like a Best Buy, some employee, and he like sneezes pretty much on this employee at Best Buy. I think it was Best Buy. And of course, he's like streaming it to Instagram, his buddy is or something, and he gets kicked out. But I mean, dude, people can just be so immature. Yeah. So petty. So disrespectful. And that's why um, got to bring back public executions. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, that'll make it worse because people will have their two seconds of fame or whatever it is. Well, I guess uh, that's going to lead us into our wrapping up and having the interview with Jenna on. So, <laughs> what, a, a, what a way to a transition way. into I was that. trying to like lead us out uh, uh, more gracefully. I thought you were going to have some more news. It's a, a lot of it's depressing right now. I think we went over the the good part of it, well, saying that a, the curve is looking like it's evening out. But folks, with that being said, please do not just run out and try to party because I think from what we've seen over in Italy and China that it's definitely going to take more than a couple of weeks for this to end and we need you to stay home. We need to start a new hashtag called, you know, st hashtag keep your ass at home. <laughs> So, but with that being said, I'd like to 
segue into an interview I did with Jenna, our sewing volunteer today. So thank you for your support. And please add us on Instagram. We have a new Instagram page we just started last night. It's one million breaths. Make Nashville's mission is to transform lives by providing the tools, education, and support to make amazing things. To accomplish this, we have a makerspace full of tools, mentors, workshops, outreach programs, and events, including the annual Nashville Mini Maker Fair, along with experts available to help members and non-members alike to engage in incredible projects, explore new ideas, and create affordable learning experiences. Our community is a 100% volunteer-led nonprofit organization. Everything we do happens because of generous people like you. If you are interested in becoming a member, volunteering your time and energy, or donating to our cause, please find us on the web at makenashville.org. Hi, welcome to One Million Breaths Podcast. Today's date is April 6th, 2020. I'm here with getting ready to do an interview. I'm, I've got Jenna, who's here. She's one of the sewing volunteers at Make Nashville. You want to say hi to everybody, Jenna? Hi, everyone. Hey, so I want to ask you, how has the pandemic affected your life? Oh, um, it has dramatically affected my life. I um, recently went back to school, so I've been bartending to put myself through school. And now um, there are no need for bartenders. So that has dramatically been a change. Um, and I am actually um, had had cancer six years ago. So the, the fear and just the kind of shock... Um, that's coming around with this pandemic has been, um, I'm blanking on the right words for it. Uh, made you a little concerned about yeah, your interactions with people. This whole unknown, uh, scary, invisible war that we're fighting is a little bit different for people like me or people that have medical conditions. So, being able to find some way to feel like I have a say in things or a little bit of control back by volunteering has made a huge difference in how I've gone about my day-to-day over the last couple of weeks. So where were you bartending when this all happened? I have been bartending downtown at Merchants as well as at a little sports bar just a mile away from here at Mainstay. Okay. So, um, can you share with us what happened when they started, you know, telling, like, when did your bars tell you that they were no longer going to be operating and, oh, uh, Broadway bartenders have such, um, such traumatic stories right now. Uh, but the company that I work for on Broadway has sent out a text message to everybody on, um, I believe it was a Tuesday saying that we would not be open for an indefinite amount of time. And then we kind of didn't hear anything from them for a while until more recently they have communicated with us as far as relief help or um, financial aid options. And they do a family meal once a day where staff who no longer works for them can come and get a meal for them or their family. 
Um, the other bar that I work at, Mainstay, it's a lot smaller. It's family run. Um, Josiah, the owner, he uh, was very hands-on in what was going on and kind of gave us gave us the choice to limit hours or to stop working altogether based on health concerns. Um, and since then, they have dramatically downsized. They're, they are still operational and they are doing curbside for specific hours of the day and to go alcohol. Um, but, um, but they're definitely not what they used to be. Yeah. It's, I don't, I think a lot of Broadway hasn't been what they used to be. Correct. It's wild just to go on some of the news sites that have video cameras that are still operating where you can do a live look in on Broadway and just seeing you can see the three people walking yeah, around. <laughs> it's like Saturday night, <laughs> midnight, and there's like a couple police cars and tumbleweeds. Yeah, tumbleweeds. <laughs> I wonder if they've shut down the boot stores yet. I noticed that the boot stores were still open for about a week or two after they closed down the bars, the initial close down of the bars. Uh, I would say that without bachelorettes in town, boot shopping isn't really essential anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, so how, how has this affected your, have you, are you like, okay with your, have you spoke with your landlord or any of the other people that you pay like cable or anything? Have you had to deal with any of that? Like, uh, I've been really fortunate in just the timing of everything. My baby sister recently moved in with me, so having her help with bills has been fantastic. Um, my landlord is, um, they haven't necessarily made adjustments to rent, but they have been working with people if they need to do payment plans or anything. Um and as far as utilities go, uh, Nashville Electric has been fantastic and communicating with people saying we're not going to be shutting off anything or any of our services and being really wonderful as far as letting you know what late fees might look like, um, the way that unemployment and all the financial aid and grants have been going. It seems like I am one of the lucky ones where I'm not necessarily going to have to worry as much about paying those monthly bills. However, um, not everyone has that opportunity. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, okay. So let's talk about what you do here at Make Nashville. It seems like you've been thrown into the position of organizing the sewing effort, making masks for medical professionals. Um, yeah, it was, I walked in last Monday um, after a a very long week of kind of having my own pity party about losing both my jobs and being scared um, for my health. And I found Hands on Nashville on Instagram and thought, I need to do something that will make me feel better. So when I saw that a mile away from my apartment was a place where I could sew, which isn't it, um, something my mom taught me when I was really little. I was like, I could do that. I can, it's not, I don't necessarily have to be around people and I can make a difference. Um, so I came in on Monday and Will gave me a tour and then just said, okay, go figure it out. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> since then I've been back five days, um, and met a couple people as they've come in and out. Uh, some people have volunteered in the facility. Some or most of them are actually just picking up material to sew at home. Um, and it's just been, it's been really cool to see that as from a week ago when I came in on Monday, 
um, we have made well over 500 masks between the few people that I have gotten to see. And we've given out, I think around 200, 250 already that I know of. Um, I'm not totally sure on any of the numbers right now, but it's been it's been really great to just figure out how we can be helpful and most efficient while not necessarily putting ourselves at risk to do so. Okay. So I know we've had a few discussions about it. Can you let people know what kind of need that we have for the mask making? We, we have a lot of needs. <laughs> um, we have, if I were to break it down based on financial need, um, obviously donating towards Make Nashville where we can purchase specific supplies is fantastic. Um, but we also just need supplies for these fabric masks, um, including elastics or um, <clears throat> needing specific white thread. Uh, we just broke two sewing needles. So we do need things like that where uh, it's just kind of maintenance, um, things that we're running through really quickly because we do have a lot of people working on these. Um, and then I, I would say more of a need is actually volunteer time. So if someone is volunteering their time here or at home to sew, people um, can it's not necessarily limited to if you're able to sew or not. If there's somebody that's just really good at figuring things out and if they're able to come in and watch some YouTube videos and help me fix the sewing machine because I can't, um, that's valuable as well. And even people just cutting out fabric and getting the materials to us is something that we could def definitely use. So if say if somebody's got a sewing machine sitting in their closet that they forgot about and they intended to do all kinds of hemming and projects and it's just sitting in there collecting dust. Can they bring in sewing machines and donate those as well as fabric? Oh, absolutely. I would say, um, you could also ask if you have any friends that would be use, able to use it and then they can be picking up material here. Or if you were to bring it in, that would be so great too, because we've got, I think about, five of us that actually want to sew in this facility. And we do try to keep it minimal um, to protect everybody, not having everyone so close. And um, But having more machines would be fantastic. Yeah, because we could also make a program, I think, to where people could check them out and take them home if needed. That would be like the ultimate library for me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, thanks for all this information. Um, this is definitely a great program we've got running here at Make Nashville. Um, we actually just made uh, helped out the city judges and magistrates with a bunch of masks. So definitely more people to come on board and help Jenna and everybody with the project. Um, we need people that are knowledgeable in sewing uh, even people, if you're if you're good with a pair of scissors and cutting, we definitely need a lot of fabric cut. So, or if you feel like um, just you don't have those skills, but you still want to make a difference, you can definitely go online and go to the the website makenashville.org and make a donation there, and it will put will put it directly towards. The making of masks and we're also getting ready to start making ventilators as well so um would it do you have any since you 
you know, you're in a position where you obviously can't go out and do your normal life. Have you sat there and thought yet what you're going to do when this is all done? I I have not thought about what I'm going to do when this is done, but I've thought that who I want to be when all this is done is somebody that um, can kind of look back on this period of time, however long it ends up being, and know that I grew from it and that I was able to help um, throughout it. So thank you guys for giving me that opportunity. Yes. Well, <laughs> thank you for helping out because your effort was well needed. And she's, folks, you should see her running the sewing room. <laughs> it's She's definitely a blessing to have on board. So thank you for all that you're doing. And um, hopefully I can talk her into updating you if this is still <laughs> going on in a few weeks. So thank you. Thank you so much.